Let's see if I can recall this correctly. If I have you now, never have to make it alone. 
Thank you. That was Burton Cummings' live 1995 performance of You Saved My Soul. And the title of episode 201 is The Real Thing. And it comes out of my, um, on the one hand, my frustration and also my uh, positive weighting of what is E-I-G-H-T, of what is false and what is true in religion and how it is possible to speak the um, great uh, core anchor babies of religion in such a way that it is a real as opposed to a fake thing. Now, um, coming from um, an experience, as I think I've told you, of attending just so many dead, desultory um, church services in the main line of late, uh, Protestant main line and my own denomination, in which either the uh, there, there is no religion, it's um, all social justice, and the entire purpose of the church, as we hear in the sermon and in the announcements, is to be a mission station for various social concerns, all of which have laudable value in themselves. But there's, um, the, 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 there's almost no religion, or it's uh, it's uh, cut short. It is assumed that there's a religious basis for these works of social justice and causes, um, but you never really get into it. Or if you get into it, it's sort of implicit. It's, it's, there's a tremendous sense of implicit. I was uh, hearing someone who was describing um, a lovely uh, priest in the church, Episcopal Church, was describing um, the nature of uh, baptism and the new birth. And this priest said that um, the Holy Spirit descends, as it were, through baptism. And I was just struck by the word, the expression, as it were. Does it or doesn't it? Does she, does he, does he, it descend really in such a way that it could be considered a real and empirically verifiable or ascertainable or visible, observable experience, or is it as it were, is it simply a form of words? And so the character of fakery in the liberal mainstream, it's a kind of cutting off or cutting short or um, just sort of assuming uh, that uh, an ellipsis uh, that religion is true. But let's get to the real meat of it. It's what you do outside of religious concerns, which you share with any number of of, of uh, cause-oriented uh, people today in this world. And that strikes me as completely un, um, unhelpful to the needy, suffering person who's there to get some kind of stability in a chaotic, suffering, and often very negative world in which he or she is um, drowning. And then, on the other hand, you get fakery in the whole uh, world of the evangelicals, uh, which is to simply say, we talk as if we believe that something real is happening. We talk as if it's the real thing. But when we actually encounter real life, well, you and I know that it has nothing to do with real life, right? I mean, oh, I can I can talk about the Lord a million times unless he has to do with something that actually matters. And then it's a mile away. I was uh, confronted with this once when I, I uh, a fellow came up to me having done a terrible thing, and he gave me the evidence of it. And he had denied it under 
clear in uh, clear i'd asked him many times if he was in fact doing what he what he appeared to be doing and he had denied it with a complete you know get thee behind me satan and then when he was sort of finally <clears throat> for some reason he was caught in the act or something and he brought me the evidence and i said but why did you why did you not t- 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 why did you lie constantly you're a christian you're, you're a devout evangelical christian of years and years experience and he said he said well i, I just i you knew really that I wasn't telling you the truth. I mean, surely you knew what was, was I, what, what does that say about his convictions? I was supposed to know that all the time it was all a charade. Well, um, I found that highly unnerving or the current situation with, um, you know, it, uh, with Tully and Chavigian, whatever we think about uh, what Tullian says on Twitter or what Tullian says on Facebook or what, how he's quoted in interviews today, the uh, uh, appalling, the outrageous compartmentalization of the way it was reported that his parish uh, uh, accepted his confession of wrongdoing unbelievable. It's as if, you know, uh, God, they'll say, he is with you at your deepest, worst distress. You cannot go far, so far from God. You, The worst you can do, he is still there. He is still, he, that's where he is most present. Behold. And they'll tell you, but when you actually get there, when Tallian or anybody actually gets to that dark place, that place, he is not there. Let me tell you, from the standpoint of the people who are there, they do not see God there. Then the law comes in, the laws of this world, self-protection, all the various things, and are you, you sort of want to say to these people, well, why did you say all that about what you said in those sermons and those talks and your acceptance of this is the great message of grace? And uh, were you kidding? Because the actual way it came out when the push came to shove was there was not an iota of that message, not an iota. So what this says is that it's totally, it's not the real thing. It never was the real thing. Like my fellow who said, well, you didn't really think that I, I was telling you the truth, did you? Uh, I mean, that was just, a, I was just telling you, uh, telling you something. You didn't really, but I mean, well, then what is, who is Jesus Christ? You know, where is his application? What is, what is it really to be truthful before God and to be forgiven? All these, all this talk. Well, let's talk about the real thing for just a second, because I don't want to uh, give it up. I want to say um, uh, two things, that the reason I played um, the historic song by Burton Cummings, You Saved My Soul, is because he's talking about the real thing. Why? Because it's not God who saved his soul. It's a girl who saved his soul. The real, he, he, the, where the rubber hit the road for Burton Cummings in the song is, the person who's singing the song and writing the song, is saying, I've been saved, but I've been saved by someone I can see, not someone I can have not seen. Now, don't, don't uh, uh, immediately think I'm moving towards some form of uh, materialism, because uh, you give me a minute. I was so struck uh, by Mary's uh, giving to me a quotation from uh, <clears throat> Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, a book which normally I just would have rolled my eyes about until recently when someone else uh, showed me some sections that were absolutely interesting. But listen to this. She uh, writes... Um, This is the author of Eat, Pray, Love on page 156. Back in the 1980s, my friend Deborah, a psychologist, was asked by the city of Philadelphia if she could offer psychological counseling to a group of Cambodian refugees, boat people, who had recently arrived in the city. 
Uh, Deborah is an exceptional psychologist, but she was terribly daunted by this task. These Cambodians had suffered the worst of what humans can inflict on each other. Genocide, rape, torture, starvation, the murder of their relatives before their eyes, then long years in refugee camps and dangerous boat trips to the West where people died and corpses were fed to sharks. What could Deborah offer these people in terms of help? How could she relate to their sufferings? But don't you know, Deborah reported to me, what all these people wanted to talk about once they could see a counselor like me? It was all the following, quote, I met this guy when I was living in the refugee camp, and we fell in love. I thought he really loved me, but then we were separated on different boats, and he took up with my cousin. Now he's married to her, but he says he really loves me, and he keeps calling me, and I know I should tell him to go away, but I still love him, and I can't stop thinking about him, and I don't know what to do. Continues the author, this is what we are like. Collectively, as a species, this is our emotional landscape. Now, the reality is, isn't that amazing quote? I met this guy on the boat. You know, I, 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 I was in I was in the stalag, and you know, I was I was in the um, the gulag, and I met this girl. You know, and that's really what. Well, that's actually what's going on. The novels of Neville Shute portray this brilliantly in the middle of World War II. What the pilots over Germany are really thinking about is their, the girl they uh, met recently at the canteen, who's a member of the Women's Air Corps uh, group in the Burford Air Force Base, well, or Royal Air Force Base. Well, isn't that extraordinary? So what's really going on? The reality is, is that it's you and me. It's you and me, and that's why you saved my soul. But I don't want to leave it at that. Because what the song is saying is that so powerful is my meeting you in the refugee camp, my being separated from you because we took different boats, so powerful is that experience that it has core, anchor, emotional, macht and kraft and forcefulness in my life. That is where God, which is reality, is. Now, I want to say one more thing about this. Religion can, in fact, have this reality, because when you are ministered to, quote, by a girl, by a woman, by a man, by a boy, when you are ministered to in that sense, and it has a religious feeling, you saved my soul, that is actually God. But let's take it one step further. Have you seen the sentinel? Have you seen The Sentinel? The Sentinel was a movie uh, that uh, was um, released in 1976. And all the blogs, uh, it's just about to come out on Blu-ray and everybody's really interested in it. And all the blogs will tell you a heck of a lot about it. What it really boils down to is people who like this movie are people who have a a sympathy with Christianity. And people who don't like this movie, although the movie is extremely cool and quite eccentric in certain ways, the people that don't like it are basically people who can't stand the message because this movie is completely countercultural and not in keeping with the zeitgeist. Now, what The Sentinel is about... It's about religion as real, not as a form of words or as it were. And I happen to find that enormously powerful in my own emotional landscape, which is dominated, obviously, by romantic facts, dominated by romantic facts, as uh, the Eat, Pray, Love quote um, um, states so winsomely and so humorously. 
you know, I met this guy on the boat, and then we got separated by the sharks. And, and but I'm calling him now that I'm in Philadelphia, or vice versa. Now, what um, the Sentinel uh, sets up is a, a very troubled uh, woman who has committed, uh, tried to commit suicide twice in her young life, and she's now in a very beautiful but highly um, vulnerable and weakened model. She <clears throat> rents uh, a, an apartment in a building where it turns out is the entrance to hell. Now, this is a horror movie, you might say, but it's a very high-class horror movie. It was uh, produced with great, um, uh, with massive funding and is highly produced, and it has about 18 actors that you'll recognize who have sort of funny cameos of first-class Hollywood uh, performers, but it's very uh, winsomely performed by um, an actress named Christina Raines. And um, the great power of the movie is it takes seriously the fact that someone can actually damn themselves. You can actually be damned. And this uh, young woman, because she has committed suicide twice, and she has therefore left the Catholic Church uh, out of complete and tragic suffering and disappointment and loss and disillusionment, she has left the Catholic Church, and in the course of the movie, she comes back to the Catholic Church, but in the words of the movie, she comes back to Christ. She comes back to Jesus Christ. It is very explicit. The movie is horrendously religious or seraphically religious, depending on your viewpoint. And she finds her way uh, by making what is ultimately an enormous, heroic, and costly sacrifice, which involves um, a setup of, of great power when you stop and think about it. The ending of the movie is controversial, but when you stop see it, see it twice, and then think about what it's actually saying about sin and redemption and possibility, and the possibility, the, 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 the verge of falling into total damnation, which any one of us actually is in, and I know about that. I know what it is like to be in a state in which you could become yourself a damned soul, not perhaps for all eternity, but certainly for something like what used to be called purgatory, um, something like the bardo. I know about this. I have felt it. I've seen it. I've been on the verge myself of a kind of despair that could lead to simply cutting oneself off as a spiritual being into outer space and floating forever unless uh, a divine hand would reach even there, which I believe it does uh, really have to. But nevertheless, I understand this. So when this young girl is forced to come to a place where her soul is in fact in jeopardy, her soul is saved by the power of the cross and the enormous self-giving of, of, of an actual priest. And uh, the movie says something very, very powerful about the power and the witness of someone who's almost gotten to the point of complete damnation by virtue of cutting themselves off from all hope and all, all uh, confidence of any kind that there might be a good uh, ending to life and that God, in fact, in reality might be benign. Well, that's what I wanted to say. And if you want to see... <clears throat> real, the real thing, <clears throat> go back to that quote I read from the boat people, the boat person, and go back to Burton Cummings, whose late, sort of, whose 1980s songs almost all deal with romantic loss and the loss of hope 
and uh, disillusionment romantically in a way that is utterly real, culminating, in my opinion, in You Saved My Soul. And then uh, don't forget that uh, Burton Cummings himself uh, at that period in his life uh, came to something that was very, very real, which I'm going to play for you in just a moment. And that in itself states that there's something there, 25% of the truth, that actually relates to the vertical, ultimate, divine, eternity, death, damnation, hell and heaven situation, uh, which we see so brilliantly, albeit uh, memorably, albeit uh, alarmingly uh, instantiated in the movie from 1976 entitled The Sentinel. My great friend Melina Smith recently, I said, whatever you do, go by 10 Montague Terrace when you're in Brooklyn Heights. And she'd already done it. She had already done it. Thank you so very much and God bless.
much on religion, but I showed up when I like to hear the call. Come on now, give me a sign you're listening to me. You hear me talking, you hear me crying, it's confusing to me, Lord, I'm terrified. Never been much on religion, but I showed up. 